Welcome to the Danny Picard Show. It is Thursday, October 31st, 2019. As always, broadcasting from the Beantown USA studio. Beantown USA is Boston's home for customized screen printing and embroidery. Get more information on their website, beantownusa.com. On today's show, I will preview week nine in the NFL. I'll give you picks, picks as I do every Thursday. Five games against the spread. And I do have Patriots-Ravens on Sunday Night Football as part of those picks. So stick around for that. I am 7-3 and three against the spread in the last two weeks. I went 4-1 and one last week, 3-2 and two the week before that. So if this trend continues, I am due for a perfect 5-0 and a week here in Week 9. So I will give you my picks to close out the show. Also, the Washington Nationals have won the World Series. They won Game 7 last night in Houston. And of course... We're all second-guessing the Houston Astros and their pitching decisions. How do they not get Garrett Cole into that game? They send him out to the bullpen to warm up, and they don't get him in the game. I thought they should have put Cole in uh, when they took Greinke out. But um, I have some thoughts on that. But congrats to the Washington Nationals. I will react to Game 7 of the World Series. And is anything else going on today? Oh, oh, that's right. Woody Page is going to join me on today's show. Wait, what's what's that? Woody Page is not calling in? He's not going to join me today? Woody Page blocked me on Twitter after getting me released from Podcast One, from the Podcast One network earlier this week because of a harmless tweet? Oh, boy. I will address what I've been tweeting about for the last couple days. Don't you worry. I've already went over everything with my lawyer, and he agrees. The people should know exactly what happened. So I'm going to tell you all of it today, presented by DraftKings. Play for free at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app by using promo code PICK, P-I-C. That's promo code PICK, P-I-C. You can play for free this Sunday in the $1.2 million play action contest for Week 9 in the NFL. $1.2 million in total prizes, $100,000 going to first place. You can win $100,000 this Sunday by playing for free. With my promo code, PICK, P-I-C. That's promo code PICK, P-I-C, at DraftKings.com. Happy Halloween! I am not dressed up today. As you can tell, if you watch any clips of this show on YouTube, subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Danny Picotta. I will be posting uh, my picks, 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 on YouTube, as I do every week. Uh, But... As you can tell, if you're watching on YouTube, I am not dressed up, though. I do have my Shawn Michaels costume ready to go, just in case anybody wants to invite me to a Halloween party tonight. Just throwing that out there. The hot break kid, Shawn Michaels. (laughs) I put this costume together when I was in college at UMass Amherst. I think I put it together in like 2005, 2006. And there was a stretch. I wore this costume for like seven straight years. And even one year, Shawn Michaels, the hot break kid himself, retweeted me. That was a big moment in my Twitter game. That was a big moment in my Halloween career. But the costume's ready to go. I, I should have been Shawn Michaels today, shouldn't I have? I didn't even think. I didn't even think of Halloween until you, you, know, you get in the office, get in the studio, and, and you go on Twitter and you see people tweeting costumes and all that. But, uh, hey, if you got a party you want to invite me to tonight, I have my Shawn Michaels outfit ready to go. I will super kick whoever. Just give me a call. I'm ready. I am ready. But um, let's just get, let's begin with what people are buzzing about, I guess. I got people texting me, emailing me, messaging me, left and right, be like, what's going on, pick? 
What happened? What happened with you and Woody Page? What happened with you at Podcast One? Um, it's it's kind of a wild story. It's a wacky story. And initially, to be honest, like I wasn't even really, I wasn't even really gonna go after Podcast One at all. Being a grateful person, I, I am. I'm a grateful person. I'm grateful for opportunities that I get in this industry. It's a tough industry to break into. It's a tough industry when you break into it to stay in it. And it's a tough industry to, to, you know, to, to try to, once you build something, to continue to build on top of that. I would know. I've been doing it every single day, 24-7, 365 for the last 13 plus years. So I get it. I know how difficult it is in this industry. And when you get an opportunity, I'm, I'm grateful for that, right? I, like, I am the most grateful person that you've probably ever heard talk in this industry uh, about his career and the opportunities that have been given to me in the past. Now, have I been done wrong in the past? Of course I have. But in the past, for the most part, I don't get involved in this type of bullshit. I don't. And if, if you know me, for those who follow my career, I am the last person, you know, I am the last person to get involved in this type of stuff. But, you know, when you do interfere in my career and start to mess with, with, um, my brand, my name, and and the money that come that's coming in or supposed to be coming in. When you mess with my career and my money, don't expect me to open the next show reacting to the NFL trade deadline. I mean, I'll get to it, but don't expect me to open the next show with it, right? So it's been a wacky couple days, and I don't even really, I, I don't, you know, I don't have an answer as to why. I was actually released from the Podcast One Network. I know what I did. I know what I've been told the answer was. But but if you follow me on Twitter the last couple of days, you know now the other party comes out and denies, 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 and then goes and runs and hides. And so here's what I know about this situation. And the situation is this show, the Danny Picard show, is no longer on the Podcast One Network. I've been removed from the network because of a tweet that I sent out on Monday that targeted Woody Page. Woody Page, uh, he's a longtime sports columnist in Denver. He's a longtime Denver sports columnist. He, you know him, for, but really, how do you know him? You know him being on ESPN, being on Around the Horn, which is which I love that show, by the way. And oh, by the way, as of like, I don't know, Monday morning or Sunday night, I was a huge Woody Page fan. <laughs> I, I loved the guy. I thought he was great. You know, it's amazing how, how quickly things can turn on you. But I was a Woody Page fan. I love him on Around the Horn. I'm a huge fan of Around the Horn. It's probably the best show ESPN's got, if we're being honest. It's not even close. It's a great show. Yeah, bringing different personalities, different sports writers. When I got into this industry, that show inspired me. I'm like, I want to be a sports writer, and I want to be on that show. I want to be like Woody Page. You know, that, that shit inspired me. So I loved that show. I loved Woody Page. Past tense. I stress, past tense. So here's what I know after being removed from the Podcast One Network, after being told that, you know, Woody Page sent his lawyers after Podcast One to come after me, demanding apologies because of the initial tweet I sent out. Here's what I know. Somebody is lying. Somebody's lying. Okay? At this point, 
it the the facts. I'll give you the facts. Um, but the over the end result as to why I was actually removed from the podcast one networks, it, it, it kind of remains a mystery. But the one thing I know is that someone's lying to me, either podcast one or Woody Page. I've decided to open the show today to give you all the facts and let you decide and let you, I'll let you, I'll, I'll let the people decide. <laughs> okay. I'll let the people decide who is to blame, who is to blame for this. Uh, and for the people, by the way, who have been reading me on, on Twitter the last couple of days, who have been sending me, sending me wellness checks. You can miss me with the wellness checks. All right. You can miss me with that shit. Try to keep up, try to keep up. All right, try to keep up with my career. Try to keep up with, with what's going on in the business. Try to keep up in general, you know, with me. If you care about me so much, keep up. If you care about me so much, hit play on a podcast every once in a while. If you care about me so much, I don't know, subscribe on YouTube. I don't know, give me a, give me a click on my website. If you care about me so much, you know, listen and watch and read everything I got going on right now. If you really care about me so much. Miss me with the wellness checks, though, moving forward, all right? Because at some point in this industry, you got to defend yourself. You got to defend yourself. You know, privately, I like to do that. I like to keep that shit private when I, when I talk to people in the industry and defend myself. But sometimes you got to go public with some shit. Because let, look, when a network releases you and removes you from their network, my audience is going to wonder what's going on. Like, imagine being podcast one and thinking, oh, we're just going to call Danny, remove him from the network, tell him he pissed Woody Page off, his lawyers are coming after us, so we got to let him go. We'll, we'll demand an apology, and um, we'll make a statement, but we're removing Danny from the network. We're not going to pay him for the rest of the NFL season with the contract that we had uh, with this gambling company that, by the way, is not going to be named anymore on this show unless they want to reach out to me on their own and pay me for it. But we'll just remove Danny from the network and he'll be just fine with it. He'll be fine. Like, imagine thinking that if you're a podcast one. Like, really? You think I'm just, uh, I'm just gonna, you know, it makes me look like a piece of shit to be like, hey, guys, I lost, you know, I lose this gig at podcast one. I don't know why. Like, what? You don't think I'm gonna get into this? You don't think I'm gonna talk about this? Right? You don't think I'm going to save all the messages and go back to the emails and the contract and the and and, and save the voicemails? You don't you, you don't think I'm going to care about this? Like what planet are those people living on at that company where I wouldn't care about this? Well, at some point in this industry, publicly, something I don't usually do because I don't like to get into the bullshit if you know if you follow me. And by the way, most of the industry at this point is this type of bullshit. People going back and forth controversies, whether, whether some are created and, and fake, you know, WWE style, or some are real. A lot of controversy. I don't get involved in that shit. I don't. I don't. Mainly for the obvious reasons. Like, you don't want potential employers thinking like, oh, Danny's some, some hothead. Well, guess what? If, if you listen to this show and you go, hey, Danny's some hothead that doesn't respect anybody and... Um, you know, we would never give him a shot moving forward because it would be such a risk that, that he would throw us under the bus. Eh. Treat me like a normal human, and I won't. One. Two, if you think that, you have not paid attention to my career, and as an employer, you're not doing your job by going back to look at my entire body of work. Because my body of work speaks for its fucking self, okay? And if you don't think so, go back and take a look at it. Go take a look at it. It's real, baby. 
it was a year ago, me, I, Danny Picard, broke the biggest story in Major League Baseball that the Houston Astros in the ALCS were caught spying on the Boston Red Sox. I broke that story for the Metro in my column for the Metro. Nobody else broke it. You know why nobody else talks about that anymore? Because you know why Ken Rosenthal and the Boys Club and the Major League Baseball beat writers don't talk about that shit anymore? You know why? Because they didn't break it. They don't have any sources on it. They never got any new information on it because they would have never knew. They never knew what would have happened if I didn't break it. They would have no idea it happened. I'm the only one that broke that story. It bro- I broke it in the middle of a game. Credit to my editor, Matt Burke, by the way, who, who worked with me closely to make sure we got that right, to make sure we didn't give you some, you know, exaggerated report that, eh, 75% of it might be true. Nah, nah, we did it the right way. Unfortunately, the message to the kids in this industry this, these days is do less and get it wrong. That's, that would be the message. You want advice from me? Do less and get it wrong. Do less and get it wrong. My entire career, I've done more and I've got it right. And I did just a year ago, the biggest story in baseball. So you want to go back to my body of work? You don't even have to go back that far. You go back to last fall, last, last postseason of Major League Baseball to see, to see that. So I don't get involved in the bullshit. And to be honest, I wasn't going to really go after Podcast One today even though I teased on Twitter, until Woody Page, the guy who, according to Podcast One, came at them pissed about my initial tweet, and we'll get to all the details, but Woody Page publicly on Twitter responded to me and denied all of it, denied everything that Podcast One said to me, and I invited him on the show, and then, you know, he, he ran and hid from me, okay? And so now I'm left to ask questions like, all right, I'm not on podcast one. I got to tell my audience what happened. Obviously, if you think I don't have to tell my audience what happened, you're a fool. You're a boob. Like, I, I have to tell people what happened. I'm not just going to come on and be like, ah, I got cut by the podcast one network and uh, that's just the way it's going to be and I'm going to accept it. Nah. Nah, maybe eight years ago I would have accepted that and moved on. Doesn't mean I'm not grateful for the opportunity that was initially given to me, but once you get that opportunity and you continue to deliver and then you'll let go like this, that's a joke. That's a joke. How was I let go? Let's get to it. Oh, let's get to it. Should I play should I play the picks picks music for this one? No, I'm not gonna do that. We'll save that for picks picks. because uh, I don't think it would roll long enough. This story could it could take a little bit, right? So you want to hit pause, get some popcorn, you know, put your feet up by the fireplace, All right? You want you want a couple minutes? Go get a drink. I'll, I'll I mean, I got I got all day, really. I got to get this out at some point, but um, I don't know. Go get a beverage if you want. I'll give you a couple seconds. You can always hit pause though, so maybe I won't wait too much. Let, let let's go. Let's get to it. I I have this shit numbered too. Like, we got a lot of stuff to get to. A lot of stuff to get to. So, number one. Let's get to it. I'm not going to continue to number them, but I'll just begin with number one. On Monday of this week, at about 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time, I had a phone call come in 
from Culver City, California. Now, in my head, I'm thinking it's like, I don't know. I've been getting these wacky voicemails from people who aren't even speaking English. And <laughs> I, don't know if you, I don't know if other people get those too, but I've been getting them. And, you know, I just, I'm to the point where unless your name pops up in my phone, I do not answer the call. I just don't do it. So I get this call from Culver City, California. I didn't answer it. I just let it ring. You know, a minute later, get the little message, pops up. I got a voicemail. All right. A 40-second voicemail. In this voicemail, a high-ranking person at Podcast One tells me that they're removing me from the network because Woody Page was pissed at a tweet that I had sent out earlier that day on Monday at about at about 3 o'clock, about 3 o'clock Eastern time. Okay, so I get this 40-second voicemail from, from someone, a high-ranking person at Podcast One who makes all the decisions, and um, they say they're removing me from the network because Woody Page went to them and was pissed about a tweet I had sent out earlier that day, on Monday. As I'm listening to this email, I am fuming, fuming. And so I listen to it, 40 seconds, I pick up the phone, I immediately call this person back. This person explains to me on that call that Woody Page is pissed and that Woody Page's lawyers are coming after Podcast One because of my tweet. This person goes on to explain to me that they don't need to deal with something like this. And so they're removing me from the network. They don't need to. He's telling me they don't need to deal with people's lawyers coming after them over a tweet. They don't need to deal with Woody Page's lawyers coming after them because of my tweet. And I'll get to the tweet. But they don't want any lawyers, really, or Woody Page's lawyers especially, coming after them. You know? They don't, they don't want to deal with this. That's what this person is telling me. But let's backtrack. Let's, back, let, let, let's backtrack. Because that's just the first, that's the first thing that happened. Like, that's the first time I found out I was being removed from the network. Before I even talked to anybody, I was being told in a voicemail, I was being removed. Before I even talked to anybody, I was told that. And so I'm fuming. I'm like, this makes no sense. That, that tweet wasn't that bad. So let's backtrack. After I make the phone call, right? I told you I made the phone call. That was, that's what was said to me. But let's backtrack. Because if we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we're going to do it right and stick to the facts. My contract at Podcast One was a two-year contract. It wasn't full-time. Okay? It's not like there were benefits or anything come my way. Um, there was no guaranteed salary. Uh, there was no salary at all. It was a revenue-sharing contract, but it was a contract nonetheless, and it was for two years. Basically, Podcast One sold my ads for me on this show, and only this show. And in the deal, I was part of the Podcast One Sportsnet Challenge, which is sponsored by a gambling company, a very popular gambling company, which, again, will no longer be named on this show unless they want to come to me and pay me for it, right? But the Podcast One Sportsnet Challenge... Is part of the contract. It's something I was involved in. Uh, and it was sponsored by a very popular gambling company. So what happens is the gambling company gives Podcast One money and, and I see some type of revenue share, um, some revenue, you know, revenue split from that, right? And so as part of this Sportsnet Challenge, which this was my second year involved, my second NFL season. We did it last NFL season for the first time. And this was the second go around. I was involved. This is my second year. We make weekly picks, weekly NFL picks. We, we pick five games, five winners. And we do money line, by the way, which is just stupid. 
Like we get a gambling site sponsor. How does that? How does that even make sense? We get a gambling site sponsoring a pick'em challenge, where we each pick five games, and we're not doing the spread. Why? Because we can't do simple math for like fifteen people that are involved in the challenge. Like I just don't understand it. Um. So, anyways, we did money line. I thought that was stupid, but there was some big names involved. Like they added me to this to this group and this contest and this weekly pick 'em challenge, the Sportsnet challenge. And and I was in this with other people who had shows on the podcast one network who were under the same who and I was told this on the phone, these people were under the same contract as me. Big names. Like Shaquille O'Neal, Adam Carolla, Chael Sonnen, Stone Cold Steve Austin, my boy Stone Cold, just to name a few. Just to name a few. Every week we get this weekly email. Even going back to last season, we get this weekly email. And at the bottom of of the email, every week, it says, and I quote, keep the trash talk coming. They encouraged us in this Sportsnet Challenge to trash talk each other. Right? They wanted some buzz. They wanted us going back and forth. Whether it was making fun of our picks or making fun of, I just thought, anything else. Apparently not. But I just figured, like, let's go back and forth. Let's do it. I'll go toe-to-toe with Shaquille O'Neal. Like, let's go, big dog. And I, I, I talk trash all the time on my show about, about those guys with regards to the Podcast One Sportsnet Challenge. I sent out tweets to Podcast One and to those guys. Like, I did my part. What they encourage us to do is to talk trash, keep the weekly trash talk coming, which it says in the email every week. I did that. I've talked trash to these people. And most recently, I've talked trash to Woody Page, who was a new addition to the Podcast One Network, and he was a new addition to this NFL contest, the Sportsnet Challenge. He was not in it last year. He's in it this year, all right? So I'm like, I I like Woody Page. Like, I told you, I'm a big fan. Love around the horn. I'll go after Woody Page, right? Um, it's just any trash talk that I, that I would dish out, whether it's on my show or on Twitter and trash talk that I would, I would have, I would have on video. I'd have audio. I would send it to podcast one. Like, here, guys, here's the clip of me talking trash. Like, can you get them to respond? Like you told us you wanted this to happen. Let's go. We're promoting what you want to promote. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Unless you find something wrong with Promote Me, which, which seemed to end up being the case, but we'll get to that. So I talked trash, and my trash talk was basically ignored completely every single time. Every time. My trash talk was ignored. Um, but that wasn't the only thing that recently they were ignoring me about at Podcast One. And I wasn't going to get into this, but since Woody Page is kind of throwing Podcast One under the bus, and I don't know who's lying to me and who's not, you know, I feel like that opened the door to me to question everything and to do it publicly. So over the last two months, I was ignored, not just for my trash talk, but by pretty much everybody at the Podcast One network when it came to my pay. That's right, my pay. I was given reads on the show. And I was advertising for Podcast One and this gambling company above and beyond 
what my contractual obligation was above and beyond. I was doing stuff on YouTube, you know, social media. I would get emails from people being like, Hey, Danny, can you, can you post this on social media for us? Like, can you give this? Can you give that? I'm like, uh, you know what? Uh, yeah, I'm not getting paid. I haven't seen any money, but yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. Cause I trust you. Eventually you're going to give me it. You know, last season, eventually you gave me it. It took a while last season too, but eventually you did. Um, but I, once again, for the second straight season, like, Two months in, I'm sitting around waiting to see something, to see something. So here we are, two months into the NFL season. Here I am, having not been paid a single penny for the ads that I've been given reads for through the first eight weeks of this 2019 NFL season. So I've been hounding them, hounding them. On top of that, I've been begging for promotion. I've been begging for promotion from the network for them to promote me in any capacity. And then they wouldn't promote me. So I thought, Let's stir it up, right? Let's keep stirring it up. This wasn't new. They, they said, keep the trash talk coming. Let's keep stirring it up. So I sent out the following tweet. I sent out the following tweet. On Monday, I said, quote, imagine promoting 85-year-old Woody Page's podcast and not mine. WTF at podcast one. End quote. And if you watch me on YouTube, if I post this, I'll probably post like the screenshots because I got screenshots of everything. You know what I'm saying? So I tweeted, imagine promoting 85-year-old Woody Page's podcast and not mine. WTF at podcast one. And this was right after podcast one and their Twitter account that has a ton of followers tweeted out like a personalized listen to Woody Page's podcast with a clip from his show. I think he was talking to Bud Selig. Oh yeah, that's what we want to do as a podcast network. Let's promote, you know, let's promote and let's really get that young demographic. A conversation between Woody Page and Bud Selig. Can't wait to listen to that. (laughs) Uh, Make sure you listen before you eat dinner at three thirty in the afternoon. (laughs) Uh, That'll really attract those who who want to listen to podcasts. That's our target market. Oh, man. You can't make it up. It's crazy. It's wild. So, And I get a laugh out of it. Like, I was like, my tweet, when I said, imagine promoting 85-year-old Woody Page's podcast and not mine, WTF, at Podcast One. That was not malicious. That was me stirring it up. And in fact, my goal was to get their attention. Like, that was my goal. I'm like, how can I get their attention? I want to stir it up. I'm thinking to myself, Podcast One is going to retweet this. Woody Page is going to see it. My only regret with that tweet, by the way, is not tagging Woody Page. That's my only regret in this whole thing. Because I wanted him to see that. But my thought process was, to be honest, like, I didn't even, I wasn't even thinking he was on Twitter. I wasn't even thinking he was on Twitter. So I'm like, well, Podcast One will see this because they follow me. And they'll get a notification. Woody Page, even if he's on Twitter, he doesn't follow me. You know, he's not going to get a notification. Podcast One, I'm thinking they'll retweet this. Woody Page, they might even tell Woody Page, and then Woody Page will fire back at me. And here's, here's the beef that I've been wanting in this Sportsnet Challenge. The beef that I wanted with Shaq. The beef that I wanted with Stone Cold. This is what I want. I wanted attention. So what's funny about this whole thing is like the attention that I've received over the last three days from someone in the Sportsnet Challenge and the, the Podcast One network itself. Like, I wanted this attention. 
They were all ignoring me. I got the attention. Just, I didn't want it in the form of lawyers getting involved and me getting removed from the network. It's insane. It's insanity. What did I really do? That's the tweet. I said, imagine promoting 85-year-old Woody Page's podcast and not mine. WTF at Podcast One. Approximately 24 minutes before I received the voicemail from this high-ranking person at Podcast One, 24 minutes before I got that voicemail that said I was removed from the network, before I even talked to anybody, I didn't even think that, like, I just, I thought the next thing that was going to come my way was, like, some, was Woody Page. Like, that, oh, Podcast One retweeting me. Be like, here we go. Oh, this is going to be great. This is going to be great. Danny's going to mix it up with Woody Page. They're going to go back and forth. Like, this is going to be beautiful. We can even get them on each other's shows. Like, what? That's what I'm thinking. That's my mindset. Keep the trash talk coming. They send it in the email every fucking week. (laughs) So, then I get the voicemail. But 24 minutes before I got the voicemail from this person at Podcast One telling me I was removed from the network for this Woody Page tweet because Woody Page was pissed and he got his lawyers involved. 24 minutes before that, a man by the name of Jimmy Kayla, Jimmy Kayla, K-A-Y-L-O-R, Jimmy, I-E, Jimmy Kayla, he responded to my initial tweet in a horrible attempt to knock me and defend Woody Page. Horrible. I mean, this guy, Jimmy Kayla, not only does he look like Craig Kilborn just got stung by a bee, but his Twitter bio also says he's a partner of Woody Page's website. So he, I'm assuming that he runs Woody Page's website or has a, a role in some capacity with Woody Page's website. It says right there, a partner of Woody Page's website. Also, his location says Denver, which that's where Woody Page is out of, out of Denver, Colorado. So... You would think if I'm getting this tweet and response and this terrible attempt at a, of shitting on me, this guy shitting on me, if, if that guy who runs what he paid his website or does something for his website saw it and responded, you would think that Woody Page saw the tweet, the initial tweet at that moment. Now, this is, keep in mind, this is Monday. This is Monday, like before five o'clock. On my, around 5 o'clock on Monday. I have the exact times. I'll get to them in a minute. But 24 minutes before I get the voicemail, before I get the voicemail, someone from Woody Page's website tweets at me. So you'd think, Woody Page saw the tweet. It's important to remember that. That's an important fact when it comes to getting the truth here. Considering what Woody Page later said to me on Twitter a day later. So I get that tweet from somebody that works at Woody Page's website. 24 minutes after that tweet, which again, I didn't see that tweet until later that night. I haven't even really acknowledged it publicly. I didn't favorite it. I didn't retweet it. I didn't comment on it because I just, I wanted it to be there. I want, I screenshot it. I know it's there. I, I, I get it. I, I'm, I'm putting the timeline together the last couple of days, right? 24 minutes after that tweet, I get the voicemail from podcast one. And then I made the call back. And in that call, I'm pissed, right? Uh, like I said, I'm fuming. And I'm airing it out on the phone. And in a way, so is he. And, you know, we're kind of telling each other how we feel. We're being honest. And you know what? In a call like that, like, I appreciate honesty from the other end, and that's fine. And, and I'm honest with myself, too. Like, anyone who knows me, like, I'm, I'm my own biggest critic. 
okay? Like I am with everything. My, my professional life, my personal life, like I am my own biggest critic. Like I am not perfect. Not even close. You know, and, and over the last year and a half, I've done a lot of work on myself with some shit that's happened in my personal life. But I deal with that on my own time. I don't bring it here. But for people who know me, they know I am my own biggest critic. And um, I, a, a lot of the things that this person at Podcast One was saying to me, you know, I, I get it. Like, I, I, I understand. I'm an understanding person. I am, I, I am a grateful person. And all the things that he was, we were airing it out back and forth. And basically, I was expressing my anger with a lack of promotion, a lack of support, it seemed, from the network, not being paid for the last two months, even though I'm giving reads left and right, like, not being paid, like, that's just dead wrong. But after, like, the fifth or sixth time of of this high-ranking person at Podcast One telling me that we did you a favor. Like, that's the thing he stuck with in this call. We did you a favor putting you on this network. We did you a favor putting in the, putting you in this Sportsnet challenge. I get it. You did me a favor. I, no, I'm not denying that. Like, like, you didn't have to put me in this network. You didn't have to, you know, give me a contract for this network. You didn't have to do that. You helped me out. I appreciate that. I'm forever grateful for that. But when you, in this phone call, after removing me from your network, basically for no reason at all, and essentially eliminating what I had left of at least this one sponsorship during the NFL season, payments in November, December, and into January, you're taking money out of my pocket. And you're making me look like a fool because now I have to go explain to people why I got released from Podcast One and removed from your network entirely. Just like that. Okay? So, all of those things... You keep stressing, we did you a favor. When you say that like the fifth or sixth time in the phone call, you begin to belittle me and everything that I've worked hard for in my career over the last 13 years. So that was really pissing me off. And, you know, well, I understand you did me a favor. Once you sign a contract, you sign a contract. Once you owe me money, you owe me money. That could be $5, it could be $5,000, it could be five cents, but it's money nonetheless that you owe me. It's not about really the amount at this point, because I understand, if they're not going to pay me when I'm actually doing the hard work for them, why would they pay me when I'm gone? Look, well, that's why I also got lawyers involved, who have, you know, the contract in front of them right now. Um... But it really, at this point, me expressing all this about the payment, it's about principle, man. It's about principle. If I'm giving your sponsor reads on my show, if I'm doing that, I expect to be paid. It's a simple concept. I expect to be paid. It's not that hard to understand. And he starts telling me on this phone call how, about how he can't help my show with promotion and more monetization. Really? You can't promote my show. On your network. He's like, ah, this guy doesn't want it. That guy doesn't want it. He mentioned Dan Patrick. I've been on the Dan Patrick show twice already. Before I was at Podcast One. Just to to clarify what he might think of me. But I'm on your network. I'm your only sports personality from the Boston area. And in my time with Podcast One, as your only Boston sports personality, the Patriots have won the Super Bowl. 
The Red Sox have won the World Series. The Bruins are in the Stanley Cup final. There's always a story with Ky- there was always a story with Kyrie and the Celtics and, and any other story with the Patriots that's always a big story. You couldn't get me on one other show on the network that might want to bring me in as like this New England sports insider. You couldn't do that? That's on me? I'm the last time I checked, and I already mentioned this, but I'm the only one on this network that broke the biggest story in baseball last year. I went on all these other shows. WEI had me on their station. Uh, Pete Shepard had me on his show out in, he, I think he's down in Florida now, or he was at the time last year. I went on a couple other shows, couple of, a couple other podcasts on rival networks. You couldn't, get, you couldn't get one show on your network to get me on, and I'm part of your network under a, a contract. Not full-time, but a revenue sharing contract, but a contract nonetheless. This is called cross-promotion. Obviously a concept they're not very good at. So when you come to me about my numbers and, and, and you can't promote me or you can't monetize me any more than you have, you're doing me a favor. If you tell me you can't promote me based on the things that I am and the things that I've done on your network, it's not my fault. That's your job. I'm doing my job. <laughs> okay? I'm doing my job. You're not doing yours. That's a simple concept, too, that they obviously can't understand. So I'm just airing out all this stuff. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. Do your job because I'm doing mine. That's the way I look at that. And doing me a favor. Again, he kept throwing that out. Doing me, uh, we're doing you a favor. Right? I don't care if it was... Fu- I, don't care if, I don't care if you owe me 10 bucks, dude. I don't care if you owe me 10 bucks. A favor? You're not paying me. You're not promoting me. Who's doing who the favor? I'm giving you free advertising for your sponsor that you have for all your shows. I'm putting that logo on Twitter, on social media. There's videos on YouTube. I clip them to Twitter. They get thousands of views. Even if it's just 2,000 views, it's 2,000 more views. That shit ain't free. Who's doing who the favor? What are you telling me about favors for? You're not paying me. You're not promoting me. But you did me a favor. <laughs> laughable. That is laughable. Much like it's laughable that you left me a voicemail before even letting me explain to tell me you removed me from the network. I'm giving your sponsor advertising for the goose egg and getting ignored by the network. And you're doing me a favor? Man, we live in a wacky world. Where, where you're the one doing the favors around here for the Danny Picard show. Give me a break. Give me a break. Again, I mean, the best, the best part about this whole thing is like, de- those details aside, the attention I'm receiving from Podcast One, and this, it's calling me now. I keep hitting voicemail. Leave, a, leave another voicemail. Leave another one. You know, you ain't, me and you, that's my, you talk to my lawyers now. I'll give you the info if you want it. Um, so, like, all this attention, though, like, this is exactly what I wanted. When I sent the tweet out, I'm like, I, you know, hopefully they'll pay attention to me now. And it wasn't malicious. It wasn't that bad of a tweet. I mean, come on. How sensitive are we? Whether it's Podcast One being sensitive or Woody Page being sensitive or both. That's the most, this is the most sensitive thing I've ever seen in my life. 
to have me to make me have to come out now and be like, oh, I'm, I just got removed from the network. I want to be at the network. Even though you weren't paying me, I still wanted to be at the network. I still wanted to be a part of something that Shaq was a part of, that Adam Carolla was a part of, even something that Woody Page was a part of, because I was a fan. And yeah, you did me a favor to get me on the site, to get me on the network. But once I sign a contract and you owe whatever you owe, even if it's just five bucks, the bottom line is you owe it. So I'm getting what I wanted. I explained that to this person at Podcast One over the phone. I explained that by, by you bending the knee to Woody Page, which if it's true what you're telling me and his lawyers are coming after you, by you bending the knee to Woody Page and his lawyers and releasing me, you are dropping the ball on the type of cross-promotion that you ask for at the end of every weekly email. Holy shit. What are we doing over there? What's going on out in Culver City, California? Like, I'm trying to talk, explain this over the phone. Don't release me from the network. Embrace this tweet. Retweet it. Tag Woody Page. Get me on his show. We'll promote Podcast One. I, this, is, this is not a difficult concept, but it's one they obviously don't understand. Now, I had teased on Twitter that I was going to play the audio of this voicemail from this high-ranking person at Podcast One. I, was, I told her I was, I was, I was hinting, to, but, you know, yeah, you're creating some buzz. It's social media. I thought, let's, let's get some buzz out of this, huh? Let's get some buzz. But after talking to my lawyer, I made the decision to keep that audio in my back pocket. I'm not, I'm not going to play the audio for you. Um, not right now. Keep it in my back pocket. Even though it would, because it would be perfectly legal for me, based on what I've been told, it would be perfectly legal for me to play that voicemail on this show right here, right now. But in this industry, you have to always keep something in your back pocket. That's how I roll, at least when I'm dealing with weasels. And there are a lot of them in this industry. I, that's how I roll. Keep so, always keep something in your back pocket. So I'm not going to play the audio for you. It's, it's there. I have it. I didn't delete it. It can be played at any time legally. We'll tuck it away for now. But I did transcribe it for you. So I'll read it. So I transcribed the audio, and I will read the voicemail to you. And then I will continue to go through the timeline of tweets that ensued after this. And again, I'm giving you the facts, and I want you to decide. I want you to decide who's lying. Podcast one or Woody Page. I'll let you decide. Transcribing this voicemail. Here it is. Quote, Hey Danny, and I'll give, I might give a little voice too because I, I can't get that voice out of my head. Hey Danny, it's blank blank from podcast one. Um, your social post about Woody Page. Um, you can't do that, man. I did you a favor by putting you on the site and tried to help you grow. And you've pissed him off. He's kind of like, what the hell? Um, so please take that down. Um, we're going to take you off the site too. We've got a check for your remaining balance. It's on its way if all is cool. But please take that down, dude. That is not cool at all. Um, I'm going to have blank from our team, track you down and make sure you got everything you need. 
and wish you luck, dude. Thank you. Bye. End quote. That's that's the voicemail. I've pissed Woody off. He's like, what the hell? They tell me to take it down. And then they talk about, you know, on the record, they've got the check for my remaining balance. My remaining balance or my only balance that you haven't given me so far during this NFL season. Um, so I get that voicemail. And of course, I'm pissed off at Woody Page because they're throwing Woody Page right under the bus. Okay? <laughs> like, think about what they're doing to Woody Page. If Woody Page didn't do this, like he says he didn't, and I'll get to his tweets in a minute, Woody Page should be pissed at Podcast One. He should be coming on this show today. He should be ripping Podcast One. He should be leaving that network so fast it's not even funny because they are throwing him under the bus. They are throwing him right under the bus saying, and then the phone call I, I had, they were, he was telling me that the lawyers got involved. Like, that's insane. That's like somebody on this network tweeting something at me and me going, oh, I got to call a lawyer and have my lawyer go after podcast one. I would never even consider doing that. Like, I would do the opposite. I told you. I'd embrace it. I'd make it a thing. They didn't want to do it. So that's the voicemail that was left. Throwing Woody Page right under the bus. Approximately 21 minutes after this voicemail was left, and shortly after returning my and shortly after my returning phone call, about 21 minutes after the voicemail, I received an email from that person that was told from the voicemail, blank from the voicemail, to track me down and make sure I got everything I need. I received an email from that person 21 minutes. This person also works at Podcast One. I received an email 21 minutes after the voicemail was left. Here is what that email said. It said, quote. I wanted to reach out about the comment you made on social today about another podcast on our network. As a company, our strength is in promoting one another and growing as a network. Growing one show helps grow all shows, given our ability to promote all partner programs. If you have any issues with what we are doing as a company, you have every right to bring it to our attention, and we would gladly work with you to resolve your concerns. With that being said, we would appreciate an apology to the host, and if you choose not to, we'll be making an apology as it reflects badly on all parts. Attached is your participation statement. Please let me know if you have any additional questions or comments. Best. End quote. To which I responded to this email. Here is my response to this email. Quote. By the way, I kind of feel like this is an epic response that I gave back, but I'll let you decide. Quote, again, this is my response to that email. Quote, I just talked to blank blank on the phone. He's taking me off podcast one for my Twitter comment on Woody Page. That said, you can add to podcast one statement that I refuse to apologize for anything I tweeted. As for issues with the company that you're now asking me about, like I told blank, first and foremost, I'm grateful for the opportunity. I'm the most grateful person you've ever talked to, but it is dead wrong to not pay me for two full months of advertising that I've been doing on my show and on social media and extra on YouTube for company X. I have expressed these payment concerns with multiple people at podcast one many times. And for the most part, those concerns were ignored. It's unfortunate that this is the thing to finally allow me to get the attention of everyone at the company. I've worked too hard and have been compensated too little for that to be fair. 
But unfortunately, I've learned that's the way this industry works. I've been trying to stir it up with other hosts in the Podcast One NFL Sportsnet Challenge, as we're told to, by the way. And I've been flat out ignored by pretty much everyone through all of last season and two months into this NFL season. In a way, I'm finally receiving the response I wanted. I just never wanted it in the form of Woody Page's lawyers going after Podcast One and demanding an apology from me and having my show removed from the company. That is laughable. And you could tell Woody Page and his lawyers I said that. Support is something I thought I'd be getting from Podcast One when I signed. It's now been made clear that Woody Page is the one who has that support. Go Pats. Danny. End of email. Sent. (laughs) So I pretty much summed it up in that email. I wanted it all on the record just in case they wanted to use it. Use it. I don't care. I just use it. Um, I got no response to that. But, like, you think I'm apologizing to Woody Page? Please. I'll get to what I actually said on Twitter. So, the next day, this is all on Monday, by the way. The next day, on Tuesday of this week, two days ago, I decided to call out Woody Page on Twitter. Right? At 9.53 a.m. on Tuesday, I tweeted out, The Danny Picard Show is available on one less platform today thanks to Woody Page's lawyers. But you can still get all my content on my website, dannypicard.com. Who knows? Maybe I'll have a new blog post for you soon. Dot, dot, dot. I didn't do the blog post. I still might, but I didn't. Only because I didn't really have time. I got a million other things going on. Okay? So, I tweeted that at 9.53 a.m. on Tuesday, and then I had to do other work for other things that I do. Later that night on Tuesday, at 6.21 p.m. Eastern time, by the way, I tweeted out at 6.21 p.m. on Tuesday, quote, can't wait to write the blog about this wacky development with my podcast. Haven't had the time yet. Hopefully I'm able to write it before I let loose on Thursday's podcast. I wonder if at Woody Page's lawyers would go on the record for comment. We'll find out soon enough. End tweet. At 6.42, you know, just 20 minutes later, I quote tweeted that tweet, and I said, shit, I bet you Woody's lawyers have already reached out to Twitter to demand that I apologize. (laughs) And tweet. At 6.53, about 10 minutes later, I quote tweeted my original tweet, that got me in trouble in the first place about Woody Page being 85 years old and podcast one promoting him over me. I quote tweeted that at 6.53 p.m. on Tuesday night, and I said, correction, Woody is 73 years old, not 85. My bad. I found it on Wikipedia. I thought it's worth a correction. He's not 85. He's 73. In reality, I don't care how old he is. It was not malicious. It was meant to get his attention. It was meant to get publicity for the network that they asked for. The publicity they they asked for at the network. It's all meant. So I explained that. So I said, correction. What are you, 73 years old? Not 85. My bad. At 7.53 p.m., an hour after that, Woody Page responds to me. Doesn't quote tweet it or anything, just responds to my tweet. He says, quote, on Twitter, Woody Page says, quote, I'm happy to address the subject. 
I didn't hear or read what you said. Somehow it reached me. I laughed. I probably look and act 85. No worry. I didn't reach out to Podcast One or Twitter or to attorneys or anyone else. And nobody did on my behalf. I wish you well. And tweet. So that's Woody Page denying it. He's flat out denying. He says, I didn't reach out to Podcast One. I, I didn't reach out to Twitter, even though I, I was joking about the Twitter thing. I said, I didn't. He said, I didn't reach out to attorneys or anyone else. He said, and nobody did on my behalf. Nobody reached out without telling me. Right? Nobody reached out. He said, nobody reached out to Podcast One. Denying. So Podcast One throws him under the bus as to why they released me from the network. And now Woody Page is on the record throwing Podcast One under the bus as being liars. So who's telling the truth? Well, I needed to get to the bottom of it. Three minutes later on Twitter, I quote tweeted Woody's response for everybody to see. And I said, quote, interesting. This is not what Podcast One told me. They already removed me from the network. They said you were pissed and got lawyers involved. I have messages to prove it. Care to address that? And tweet. That was sent at 7.56 p.m. Eastern Time on Tuesday night. At 8.07 p.m., Woody responds. You know, about 10 minutes later, Woody responds to that. Doesn't quote tweet it, just responds underneath. Woody Page responds, quote, It is not true. The last time I talked to an attorney was maybe a year ago. As I said, I didn't know until after the fact. I never complained because I didn't know and honestly didn't care what was said. And I haven't talked to anybody at Podcast One in months. And tweet. Hmm. Now it gets interesting. Not only did Woody Page not send his lawyers after Podcast One, not only did Woody Page not care about the tweet, not only did, did you know, Woody Page uh, not have anyone on his behalf reach out to Podcast One, he says he didn't even see the tweet until after the fact. But by the way, after the fact, after what fact? After I'd been removed? Well, you didn't see it before I sent out the tweet. So obviously you saw it after I sent out the tweet. But then you got your webpage manager who responded to it right afterwards, but you didn't see it. But he says he hasn't talked to anybody at Podcast One in months. And neither has anyone else on his behalf. So now I'm thinking to myself, wow. This is when I start to get into, okay, now the door's open for me to talk about Podcast One because they lied to me. According to Woody Page, Podcast One blatantly lied to me before they even talked to me, before they even had words with me over the phone or any messaging. There was a voicemail that lied to me, and then they lied continually in a conversation on the phone and in an email. They lied to me, according to Woody Page. So at 8.13 p.m., okay, six minutes later, I quote tweeted Woody's response in which he says, I haven't talked to anyone at Podcast One in months. 8.13 p.m. on Tuesday night, I quote tweeted Woody's response and I tweeted, quote, I always was a Woody Page fan, but there's really no reason for me to be released from Podcast One unless you reacted the way they told me. I even told them to have you on my show. They told me you wouldn't want to do that. But I've been released, so what's done is done. End quote. And then, that was at 8.13 p.m. At 8.36 p.m., or 23 minutes later, 
I followed up on that tweet to Woody Page, and I linked him in it, and I responded to that quote tweet, and I said, quote, I record on Thursday morning. I will wait until later in the day, PT, Pacific time, if you want to call in and we can figure out what happened on the show. At Woody Page. That was at 8.36 p.m. on Tuesday night. So at this point, Woody Page is, here's what happened. Podcast One told me that Woody Page sent his lawyers after them and wanted an apology. Podcast One was pissed that they had to deal with that. They removed me from the network without even talking to me. But, you know, they told me they were removing me from the network in a voicemail before talking to me. Woody Page, I asked him about it on Twitter. He publicly responds for everybody to see that he had no idea about this. He didn't care about the tweet. In fact, he laughed, according to him. He didn't have his lawyers or anyone on his behalf come to Podcast One. He hasn't talked to Podcast One in months. He's denying it, and he's throwing Podcast One under the bus for being liars. Put yourself in Woody Page's shoes. You're being accused of a network that you have your show on. That network is accusing you of lawyering up and getting someone like like me, who's just trying to make a living in this business, getting me removed and essentially taking money out of my pocket and affecting my career. You're being accused of interfering in my career, in somebody's career, and getting them removed from a network for nothing. You're being accused of that. That's a pretty strong accusation. Put yourself in his shoes. You get accused of something that strong. You had no idea what's going on. You definitely didn't do it. Wouldn't you be pissed off about that to the point where wouldn't you want to come on my show? Wouldn't you want to come on my show? I invited him on the show. I said, I will, I will wait until later in the day. And, and we could do it. You know, I, I understand. I, I record East Coast time early. I'll wait until later in the day. It's no problem. I waited anyways, just in case there was some message that came my way and, we, and, we wanted, and he wanted to do it. I waited anyways. Nothing. That was at 8.36 p.m. I invited him again and told him I, I, would, I would change the, the time of the recording of the show to get him on. Because I'm thinking, wow, he's denying pretty strongly right now a pretty strong accusation. So, why don't you, th- this should be no problem. This is a no-brainer. Come on the show. Let's clear the air. I'm a big fan of yours. I have no problem. If you didn't do it and Podcast One's lying to me, then we got an issue here. Because not only are they lying to me, but they're throwing you under the bus and accusing you of something that's pretty damn serious. And if you think it's not serious, then what are we doing here? Somebody's out of a job, and I say out of a job, I'm not really out of a job, but you're taking money out of my pocket. Even if it's just five bucks, it's the principal. And it was more than five bucks, by the way. But I say that just to make a point. It's the principal. You're affecting somebody's career. I'm trying to make a living. I'm not full-time anywhere. I've busted my balls my entire life. I've sacrificed a whole heck of a lot for this. And you see one tweet, and you're going to lawyer up and get me removed? You're being accused of that. That's a strong accusation. If they're lying about it, let's talk about it. On my show, I invited him here. That was at 8.36 p.m. on Tuesday. At 9.02 p.m. on Tuesday, I tweeted, Crickets. (laughs) hadn't heard back no response at 9.39pm 63 minutes after I initially invited him on the show I quote tweeted myself again and I said quote and this is an hour later I said quote I gave you an hour to respond I never wanted to do this but I'm trying to make a living 
and I was told you interfered in that. If you didn't, and Podcast One is lying to me, then it should be a no-brainer to join me and clear the air and help me get to the bottom of it. At Woody Page. No responses. Fast forward to Wednesday afternoon, the next day, which I'm recording on Thursday, so it was yesterday, but those tweets that I just read to you were on Tuesday night. Fast forward the next day on Wednesday. At 2.22 p.m. yesterday on Wednesday, I quote tweeted with an image. I quote tweeted an image. That image was a screenshot that Woody Page had blocked me on Twitter. Can't make it up. He blocked me on Twitter. And I tweeted, quote, with that image, I tweeted, quote, if at Woody Page didn't get me released from Podcast One, it should be an easy decision for him to accept last night's invitation to clear the air on my show. Instead, after denying it publicly to save face, he has blocked me. And then the image of Woody Page blocking me on Twitter. My reaction to that is, again, it's a mystery as to what really happened, as to how people really feel about me. Um, I don't feel like I did anything wrong. I am the type of guy that shows up and does his job. I always have been, and I always will be. But the minute you interfere or decide to interfere in my career that I've worked very hard to build, the minute you interfere in that for no reason whatsoever outside of your little insecurities that you might have as a media member, okay? The minute you interfere in that, that that's when that's when it's time for me to defend myself publicly. And that's what I try to do. And Woody Page denied it, and I invited him on the show, and not only would he not come on, but he blocked me on Twitter. He did something that, in a way, is exactly what he wanted to do. And I mentioned that in my last tweet. He denied it publicly to save face. He sent out two tweets denying everything and then ran and hid and blocked me. And he's probably blocking everybody that is tweeting him about this. And if he is, let me know. Retweet it. Or link me, at Danny Picard on Twitter. He blocked me. Instead of accepting it, this is, this is a no-brainer. If, if I'm being accused of interfering for no reason in someone's career and getting them removed from a position and released from a network that owes him money, that's a strong accusation. I am defending myself. Yeah, I'm coming on your show. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about the scumbag network that is lying about this and accusing me of something that is false. Let's talk about it. Woody Page didn't want to do that. Leads me to believe that he did it. But Woody Page accomplished kind of what he wanted because on Tuesday night, as he's sitting there with those two long tweets denying all this stuff, I had friends and people close to me tweeting, being like, oh, Podcast One, they played you for a fool. They're lying to you. Woody didn't do it. He said he didn't do it. He did his job. In fact, you could convince me that Woody Page's lawyers are the ones that tweeted for him. Woody Page at that point is just trying to save face. He's just trying. This is damage control. Those two tweets, that's damage control 101. You know, you know don't apologize. I didn't say apologize, but he sent out a tweet, two tweets that denied. And then he blocked. But those two tweets are there. You can see them. And I just read them to you. They're there. He denied it. 
He doesn't have to talk about me ever again. He doesn't have to uh, talk about this ever again. He doesn't. He's, he's, he's clear. And it worked. Because I have people coming to me who believe it. They believed it. And I said to these people, I said, wait a minute. This is what he wants. This is a PR game. This is damage control 101. He denies and then hides. And I wouldn't be surprised if the same lawyers that went after Podcast One to get me released and removed from the network were the ones tweeting those denials for him. Oh, you didn't see it until after the fact? That's funny. The guy that runs, runs your website responded right away. And after what fact? You didn't see it. After what fact? Until I, you found out, you, you, just ran, you just randomly found out that I got removed from the Podcast One network. You didn't know who I was. You didn't know anything about me. Until after you found out I was... People randomly. What's the motive with Podcast One just randomly removing me from the network? And yeah, you'll get you people that will say, oh, they just didn't like you. They, you know, they just didn't like your show. You weren't doing anything for them. They weren't paying me. Maybe it's because I was hounding them. But if you're not going to pay me, and you're going to ignore me, and I'm still doing the show on the network, promoting the network, promoting your sponsorships, why are you removing me from the network? I'm doing you a favor at that point. So what's their motive? Like, I have a hard time believing. And, and what's sad about it is, like, the person that left me the voicemail, like, I try to explain this to him, too. Like, I, I'm gra- I was grateful for that opportunity, man. But, like, you just put me in a position for no reason whatsoever to have to explain another place that I no longer work at. You know, like, for no reason. For no reason. You know, and, and, and what's sad about it is this person, I had sent emails probably at the end of the summer explaining some other things that just I was dealing with in my life and... and you know, if if you could help me out with a couple bucks because there, there's some people that do want me to be a part of their network and, and they've reached out to me and it's something I'm thinking of if you guys aren't going to pay me. Like, I expressed this. I have the emails to show it. I've expressed this. And I was told, don't worry. Like, oh, we understand. Like, look, I'm grateful. You, they, you know, I got a response to that in the, in the summertime. And I didn't make the jump thinking they're going to pay me. They're going to give me some money. They told me that. I didn't make any jumps because I wanted to be a podcast one. And then they didn't pay me. And then they removed me from the network. And I'm left having to explain it all. And now left trying to explain a mystery as to why I got removed in the first place because what podcast one is telling me, explaining why they removed me, the person they're accusing of coming after them with his lawyers to try to get me removed and demand an apology, that person's denying it. And then he's hiding and not coming on my show. So I don't know. I'll let you decide. I'll let you tweet all the parties involved. I'll let the people try to figure out what happened. But I just laid it out. I laid it all out there for you. I know it was a long roundabout way to do it. But I just felt like at some point I got to defend myself here, man. Like I'm not asking for much. I'm not asking for much. I'm not. You know what I'm asking for? I'm asking to be treated fairly. I'm asking to be treated fairly. And for far too long in this industry, uh, there are weasels and people with a lot of money and who, who money is not a concern for them. Job security is not a concern for them who make decisions, who 
either overlook me, ignore me, or screw me over. And, and it's just, it's nonstop. It is nonstop. It's nonstop. And the sad part is, like, I like the people of Podcast One. At least I did. Like, even though they were ignoring me, I was grateful. I'm a grateful person. I was grateful for the opportunity, man. And um, that's, that's the sad part. Because, you know, any, like, friendships have been broken, you know? And whether they're mad at me, to be quite honest with you, I don't give a shit. I'm the one that's pissed. I'm the one that's, that's you know, I, I'm, I'm not the one with the big money, guaranteed, full-time jobs, running a network. But what I said to them also was, good luck, you know, good luck running a podcast network, surround, you know, trying to build around an 83-year-old man. <laughs> Excuse me. Excuse, eight, 73. 73. But, uh, you know, it's, un- it's just, it's unfortunate. And Woody Page denied it. And you could ask, do you believe him? And I think that because he just hit and ran and blocked me, I'd have to say, no, I don't. I don't believe him. But I don't know. I don't know. It's possible he didn't do it. But then why would Podcast One lie? Like, what did I really do to them? Right? Um, that tweet, we, we should be embracing that tweet. Come on. If I had to put my money on it, I'd say Woody Page is lying to me and lying to people. And he, he, he did exactly what he, he wanted to do, which is get people to believe him and think that he didn't do this. But if I know what's par for the course from most of these media members, I know that being an insecure prick is par for the course for people in this industry. And the reaction that Podcast One says Woody Page had to my tweet was the reaction of an insecure prick, which, again, would be par for the course for somebody in this industry. An overreactionary, insecure prick. That's exactly how Podcast One, not in those words, but basically how they described Woody Page's reaction to my tweet. Do I believe that someone in this industry would react like that? To something so little, stupid, and foolish? Oh, yeah, I would. Because I've seen it before. I've worked with people before that have reacted to crazy, little, stupid shit. Only thinking about themselves. Being insecure that maybe somebody's look, coming up and, 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 you know, right over their shoulder. Coming for the throne, so to speak. I've witnessed it. I've seen it. I've heard it. I've lived it. Does that exist? Of course it does. Do I believe Woody Page? No, I don't. And I think his tweets the other night were damage control. But hey, it's still a mystery. I'll let you decide. But to think that I was going to open this show today talking about the NFL trade deadline rather than explain to you exactly why I've been released from what I thought was a great podcast network If you thought I wasn't going to get into that, you're out of your mind. You're out of your mind. So that's it. That's not the show because I got to give you my picks for week nine. (laughs) I'm still giving my picks, by the way. The show show still goes on. We're just on one less network. Was it a major network? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Major network. Again, like, I was frustrated with some stuff. But I still was happy to be there. I was grateful for the opportunity, for the favor, 
<laughs> but when it starts to turn into me being the one doing the favors, you can't just remove me and then lie about it. Or maybe tell the truth and then have the person who denied it just run and hide. Let's figure this out. But what's done is done. You can decide. But I'm no longer on that network. But I still am here on iTunes, Spotify, and anywhere else podcasts are available. And I'm here every Monday and Thursday. And I'm still giving my picks. I'm still giving my picks. For week nine. Um, Should we roll right into it? (laughs) Uh, We might as well. I'll roll into it. I'll roll right into the picks. I have no problem doing that. I, I could take some time here and get a glass of water. But why would I do that? Why would I do that? I need money. So these are the games I'm going to put money on and hope to win money. I'm just not going to put money on that site that was previously sponsoring the show. Again, unless they want to reach out to me and say, hey, Danny, we'll give you some money to, to continue to, to eat. But you know what? Maybe I won't just out of, just out of spite. I'll go after another network, another sponsorship. We got it. So let's just get to the picks. Week nine in the NFL. Picks, picks for week nine. Hit the music. Picks, picks for week nine in the NFL presented by DraftKings. That's right, presented by DraftKings. Play for free at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app by using promo code PIC, P-I-C. That's promo code PIC, P-I-C, at DraftKings.com. I went 4-1 and one against the spread last week in week eight, giving me a 7-3 and three record over the last two weeks with my picks against the spread. Here are my picks for week nine. Number one, I'm going with the Chicago Bears over the Philadelphia Eagles. The Bears are a four and a half point dog. What in the world's going on with the Bears? They've lost three straight. They're three and four on the season. And at home, they're one and three. They've lost their last couple of games at home. What in the world's going on with the Chicago Bears? Being a game under 500, they're supposed to be better than this. And when you got a defense like that, when you play at home, you shouldn't be 1-3 and three at home. The Bears' defense is tied for fifth in the NFL, allowing just 17 points per game. So that's not their issue. Their issue is offense. Their offense scores just 18 points per game. Ouch. Mitch Trubisky, is he still the answer at quarterback in Chicago? Probably not. But the Bears, they say they're sticking with him for this one Sunday at 1 o'clock. The Eagles are 4-4. and four. They're coming off a big bounce-back win in Buffalo last Sunday. They went into Buffalo, beat the Bills. So now the Eagles are back to 500. But are the Eagles really... Yeah, they're back to 500. But are they really back? Like, are they back? I'm not so sure about that one. I think they beat a Bills team whose record is somewhat deceiving. The Bills are not that good. And neither is Philly. So I'm taking Chicago to go on the road, to go into Philly and get a bounce-back win of their own. And if they don't win, I think they should at least keep it competitive and cover the spread with the defense they have against the Philadelphia offense that I just still don't believe in. Like I said, I just still don't think Philly's all that good. Give me the points in this one. I am taking Chicago plus four and a half over the Eagles Sunday in Philly. Then I'm going with the New York Jets, a three-point favorite over the Miami Dolphins and I know what you're thinking Danny why in the world would you pick this game are you out of your mind well because it's kind of a tough week it's a tough week look at the game it's a tough week you know I never touched the London game I never touched the Thursday night game you got four teams with a bye it's a tough week but I'm picking this game because I'm picking against the 0-7 Dolphins that's just the thing to do you pick against the Dolphins 
Usually Miami is a heavy underdog, right? Double-digit dog this season. They're bad. They're a bad football team. But against the 1-6 Jets team, the spread is only three points. That's a low spread. Miami is a, is a low dog, a three-point dog. That means New York, the Jets, they don't have to... They don't have to blow out the Dolphins to cover the spread. And I like that because this could be close. This could just be settled by maybe six or seven points. This game is Sunday at one in Miami. It's a short week for the Dolphins. They just lost to the Steelers in Pittsburgh on Monday Night Football. The Jets are coming off back-to-back losses to the Patriots and the Jaguars. This is after they picked up their first one of the season when Sam Donald returned and they beat the Dallas Cowboys. Not a good look for the Cowboys, but we're not talking about Dallas right now. We're talking about the Jets. The trade deadline was this week. The Jets were involved in plenty of rumors, and there might be some hurt feelings from that because they didn't. There were rumors, but they didn't pull the trigger. The Jets did not pull the trigger on any of these trades they were rumored to make. So they'll have hurt feelings, but with hurt feelings comes motivation. Prove people wrong. The Jets are going to have that Sunday in Miami. They'll beat Miami, and they don't have to whoop them. They just got to cover the three-point spread, and they will. Give me the Jets minus three over the Dolphins on Sunday. Then I am going with the Oakland Raiders, a two-and-a-half-point favorite over the Detroit Lions. The Raiders are three and four, and they lost a close three-point game to the Houston Texans last Sunday. Remember, that was the game Deshaun Watson gets kicked in the face late, stays up, and still throws uh, the big pass late to help win Houston the game. Well, the Raiders last week, they covered for me in that game because they were a seven-point dog. Now they're a two-and-a-half-point favorite against the Lions. If Oakland has shown me anything this season, it's that they're talented enough to put up a fight as a young team with a veteran coach in John Gruden. Knock on wood if you're with me. The Raiders should benefit from being at home in this one Sunday at 4.05, and they should benefit against the 3-3-1 Lions team that might be feeling a little too good about themselves. They're coming off a win, but they beat the Giants. Is that a big win? No. It's a win, so they might be feeling good. Again, they're 3-3-1. The over-under of this game is 50-5-0. So, I expect it to be a high-scoring affair, and it's all it's less than a three-point spread. It's two and a half. Less than a than a three-point spread, an Oakland team that fights, veteran coach. I, I, you know, they got they get that's a talented roster. I'll take the Raiders at home to win the game, get back to 500. Even if it's a three-point win, they cover the two and a half point spread. Give me the Raiders over the Lions on Sunday at four o'clock. Then I'm going with the Cleveland Browns. A three and a half point favorite over the Denver Broncos. The Cleveland Browns. My goodness. At the end of the day, as I always say, Cleveland is just going to Cleveland. Aren't they? They're two and five. They've lost three straight. And they're coming off a loss to the Patriots this past Sunday in week eight. Their coach is a boob. Their top wide receiver is a clown. I actually like Baker Mayfield. However, he he was also acting like acting like a clown to the media a couple days ago. Like, what was that? What was that response he had to the to those questions? He looked like a clown there. Um, but with regards to football and the type of quarterback he is, you know, I, I still like Baker Mayfield. I think he's going to be a very good quarterback in this league for a long time. But not even Baker Mayfield can save this current group of Browns with this coach and Odell Beckham Jr. I told you on. Monday's podcast, Cleveland should trade, they should have traded Odell Beckham Jr. for a first round pick. And they should have fired Freddie Kitchens. Because you're not getting anywhere with those two guys. I got news for you. And I told you if they made that trade, 
They didn't, but if they did and they fired the coach, it would be a guaranteed win for Cleveland this week against the Denver Broncos. And I told you that, and at the time, I didn't even know who Cleveland was playing. Now we know. They're playing the Denver Broncos. The Broncos are 2-6. and six. This game is Sunday at 425 in Denver. The Broncos have lost two straight. They've recently traded Emmanuel Sanders to the San Francisco 49ers. But the big news is that quarterback Joe Flacco is going to miss this game. He's been ruled out with an injury. So you know what that means? That means Denver is going with Brandon Allen to be their sixth starting quarterback since 2017. Brandon Allen will be the Broncos' sixth starting quarterback since 2017. Who? Exactly. I will take the Browns to win and possibly win big. And my lock of the week, I'm taking the New England Patriots, a a three-and-a-half-point favorite over the Baltimore Ravens. It's the game of the week on NBC Sunday Night Football, as it should be. The Patriots are 8-0. The Ravens are 5-2. Baltimore is coming off the bye, so they got a little extra rest. The Patriots, they're entering their final game before next week's bye in Week 10. Patriots have the bye next week. I do not expect Bill Belichick and Tom Brady to be looking ahead and looking ahead at the bye week and looking ahead to their week off and their week of rest. I don't expect them to be looking ahead. I expect them to be focused on the task at hand, and that's the Baltimore Ravens on Sunday Night Football. The Patriots will not lose this game. The question is, will they cover as a three and a half point favorite? You look at the Ravens. They've won three straight. And here's the deal. You're going to get a lot of NFL analysts predicting that Baltimore wins this game. That Baltimore upsets the Patriots. You're going to get that. They had a big win a couple weeks ago in Seattle. By the way, a game in which I picked Baltimore to win as an underdog. Um, But there will be people, experts, analysts, picking And there'll be a lot of them picking Baltimore to win this game. I can guarantee you that, but I just don't see it. The Patriots' defense allows just seven points per game. Think about that stat. Just seven points per game. That's crazy. They've created 25 turnovers in eight games, which is the most in the league. Maybe Baltimore at home with Lamar Jackson being tough to contain. Maybe Baltimore keeps this interesting for a little bit, but I do expect the Patriots at some point on Sunday night in the second half to pull away, force a couple late turnovers in which Lamar Jackson is trying to do a little too much as his team's trailing at home. I think he'll try to get nuts, and the Patriots, the boogeymen, they will get those turnovers and change this game. Patriots win by 10. They covered a three and a half point spread. Give me New England minus three and a half. So my picks for week number nine in the NFL. I'm taking Chicago plus four and a half. The Jets minus three. Oakland minus two and a half. Cleveland minus three and a half. And New England minus three and a half. Picks picks for week nine in the NFL. Presented by DraftKings. You can play for free at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app by using promo code PICK. P-I-C, that's promo code PIC, P-I-C, at DraftKings.com. So, uh, there you go. Those are my picks for week number nine in the NFL. And uh, I'm due for a 5-0 and week. That's that. That's it. I mean, if you've been following my picks, I am due. Um, it's a tough week to pick, though, man. This is a tough, tough week to pick. Four teams have a bye. Atlanta, Cincy, the Rams, and New Orleans. Like I said, we get a London game, Houston versus Jacksonville at nine. It's an early start on the East Coast, 9.30 a.m. That's an early start. Uh, week nine will begin tonight on Thursday Night Football. Arizona hosts San Francisco. The 49 is a 10-point favorite. 
Week 9 will end on Monday Night Football with the Giants hosting Dallas. Dallas is 7-point favorite in that game. I don't know why you would touch that game, though. I wouldn't touch that. And, uh, yeah, I told you the game of the week, Patriots-Ravens, and I'm taking the Patriots minus 3.5. So that's my Week 9 preview in a nutshell. Um, Outside of the NFL, there's some other stuff going on. It really is the busiest time of year. And you got the World Series last night came to an end. The Washington Nationals win game seven of the World Series. And I tweeted out, somebody check on Bryce Hopper. Somebody check on him. Because imagine being Bryce Hopper today. Damn, I just feel bad for him. And I know, like, people will say it doesn't matter. He got paid. He's got a huge contract over $300 million. He's just fine. He might be fine with regards to his money and his lifestyle and all that. But, man, do we think he doesn't have a, a heart? I mean, he must be. There must be part of him, whether he admits it or not. There's part of him that must be cringing today at the thought of the Nationals going on to win the World Series right after he leaves and goes to Philly for a big contract. There's got to be part of him that is crushed by that. Got to be. I know I would be. And not to say that he's rooting against them, but, man... That's tough. That's tough. That's tough to, to deal with if you're Bryce Hopper. Don't, don't tell me it's not. Anyways, th- this should be major questions today if you're an Astros fan. Pitching changes. Houston led 2-0 in the seventh inning. At home. Game seven. Zach Greinke pitching an absolute gem. He lets up a solo home run to Rendon. Cuts Houston's lead to 2-1 in the seventh inning. Then, because you don't have a lefty on your pitching staff for the World Series, which, by the way, is just insane. It's insane. That's insane. Are they the first team to not have a lefty on their pitching staff in World Series history? I don't know if that's a fact or a real stat, but I would put my money on it being a real fact. You don't have a lefty on your staff in the World Series? I, you know, I, maybe they just, I, I, you know, maybe they haven't had it all year. But I just figured, like, that you... And if you did, like, I figured you you would just add one to your roster. But if you did, he might be facing Juan Soto in that moment after the solo home run. He didn't. Soto walked. And then Houston made the pitching change. It doesn't matter who they brought in. Who It matters who they didn't bring in. They did not bring in Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole is the heart and soul of that pitching staff, is an absolute stud, is having a historic postseason. And you send him out to the bullpen to warm up, and you're not going to put him in that game? You're trying to preserve a 2-1 to lead in the seventh inning at home with one out, and now after the Soto walk, a runner on first. And to me, and I was going back and forth to people on Twitter about this last night, it was a no-brainer to pull Granky. I know Granky was pitching a heck of a game, but I have seen Granky one too many times when the wheels fall off, right? When that tra- when that Granky train goes off the rails, that train goes off the rails hard, and it goes off the rails fast. I've seen that too many times before, and I think Houston probably has too. Where they said solo home run, the walk to Soto, eh, we're yanking him. I had no problem yanking Granky in that moment. What I had a problem with, though, was the guy who they put in. 
Anybody not named Garrett Cole was the wrong decision, in my opinion. And someone prominent in the baseball world, a former player, a former Red Sox player, Lou Merloni, he disagreed with me on Twitter when I tweeted him they should have went to Cole. They, I had no problem getting rid of Granky. To me, that was a no-brainer. It looked like that train was going off the rails hard and fast like a lot of times I've seen it do with Granky. I had no problem taking Granky out there with a 2-1 lead, a 2-1 lead in the seventh after a walk and a solo home run at home. Game seven of the World Series. But I tweeted Lou Maloney, Garrett Cole should have been your guy. You sent him out to the bullpen for a reason. You bring him in. Lou Maloney's response was, you don't bring in a starting pitcher like that unless it's a clean out of the bullpen. You don't bring him in, the, in out of the bullpen unless it's a clean inning. And, like, I knew he was going to say that. In, in a way, I, I understand the logic that you're using. However, it's Game 7 of the World Series. We've seen Garrett Cole and the way he's able to dominate. You need to get two outs before that runner at first comes home and ties the game at two. You mean to tell me that Garrett Cole can't go out there, given his dominant stuff, in Game 7 of the World Series, he, like, you need to tell me, it has to be a clean inning for him to produce properly? Give me a break. If, if you need a clean inning to be able to produce and get outs, if you're Garrett Cole, then that's on Garrett Cole, not the manager. Like, it's Game 7 of the World Series. You got a one-run lead in your building in the seventh inning. You're replacing Zach Greinke. They send you out to the bullpen for a reason. You send him out to the bullpen going, well, we'll send him out there, but we're going to wait for a clean inning. <laughs> like, uh, like, come on, man. Come on. Get him in the game. Instead, instead, Howie Wowie rips one the opposite way down the right field line and pings off the foul pole. In right field, it's a two-run home run. Nationals got a 3-2 lead. You're done. We didn't see Garrett Cole. The only time we saw Garrett Cole coming out of the bullpen was when he had his jacket on, trying not to get splashed with the champagne that the Nationals were using, celebrating at the pitcher's mound. Like, that is just poor managing. Awful managing. I don't want to hear that he's only coming in for a clean in. It's Game 7 of the World Series. How about this? Go on the mound and imagine it's a clean inning. Wipe the, wipe the inning clean from your brain. Compartmentalize. Lock in. You're a pro athlete making big bucks who's going to make even more big bucks when you're a free agent here. You've had a dominant postseason. We're only going to you if it's a clean inning? Give me a break. Give me a break. If I'm an Astros fan, I am pissed that we didn't see Garrett Cole. Pissed. Because it wasn't a clean inning. That's a joke. That's a joke. You know, the old school baseball people, they're going to stick to their guns on that one. And they're going to be like, well, he hasn't done it this, that, you know, this amount of time since college and whenever it was. All right. We're not talking about the past. We're not talking about the future. We're talking about right now, seventh inning of game seven of the World Series, and we need two outs. Who's the best guy out there to get us two outs? Is it the slob they put in? No, it's not. And that's not hindsight. Let's say it at the time. Man, how do you not put Cole in that spot? I feel bad for Cole. 
It's probably like, um, guys, you think Garrett Cole's back there going, I can't. Oh, Juan Soto on first. I can't come in for this. <laughs> come on. You think he's back there going, oh, you should have put me in before the walk. I can't come in and get you two outs now that there's a guy on first. How would I ever be able to do that? I haven't done that since college. Please. That's not how it works. That's not how it works at all. Garrett Cole wanted to come in that game. He didn't care if there was a guy on first, second, third, or the bases juiced. You need two outs. Game seven of the World Series. In your own building. Go get the best guy to get you those two outs. And tell him, hey, there's a guy on first, but if you can't ignore that, then that's on you, big dog. Like, come on now. Give me two strikeouts. Give me a double play ball. Anything. Keep it down in the zone. Cole's got nasty stuff. You didn't go to him last night? Why'd you send him to the bullpen? That's a joke. That's a joke. That's a joke. I, I, don't, I wouldn't usually say that the manager of a, of a team that gets the Game 7 of the World Series should lose his job. And I'm not telling you that right now. But I would say if I'm the Astros organization, I have a conversation about it. Because that is a dumb decision not to go to Garrett Cole. I am sorry. I don't care what you, what you say about his history with coming in, not being a clean inning, being a clean inning. It's Game 7 of the World Series. You go to your best guy. And the bottom line is, when the Astros had a chance to do that, they didn't. And there's only one guy to blame for that, and it's not Garrett Cole or his resume. It's his manager. And instead, Howie Wowie hit one down the right field line and ended the game and won the World Series. And the Nationals are World Series champions. Congratulations to the Washington Nationals. And then you had NBA stuff. You had some wildness last night. Steph Curry, broken hand. Golden State Warriors going after that. Number one overall pick, probably. They got no Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant. You know, he's in Brooklyn. He, he's on injured reserve there in Brooklyn. Um, now you got no Steph Curry. Warriors, hey. Number one overall pick looks nice if you're Golden State, right? Just don't tell Steve Kerr about, about tanking. He might go on a rant, you know? He might go on a rant. Steve Kerr might go on a rant about, oh, ta- tanking, in the, tanking in the NBA. Well, how does he feel about that? What are Steve Kerr's thoughts about that? He'll give you his thoughts. He just won't talk about China, but he'll talk about tanking in the NBA. Um, Steph Curry, broken left hand. Good news is it's left hand, not his right. Then you had a fight. Joel Embiid, Colin Anthony Towns, and then they go after it on social media afterwards. That's interesting. Keep an eye on that. Do they even... Will Minnesota and Philly, they, they must play one more time, right? When is that? I don't know. I don't care to even look. I'm sure that when they do play again, they'll wait until somebody gets in the middle and holds them back to really act like they want to fight. So, whenever that happens, I'll react to it. And then here locally with the Celtics, the Celtics with a big win over the Milwaukee Bucks. Kemba Walker with a game-high 32 points. Jason Tatum, 25 points. Tatum, 4 for 7 from behind the three-point line. Um, This was the type of win that, and I won't lie, I watched just a couple minutes of this game. I was focused on the Game 7 of the World Series. That's just my jam right there. Like, Game 7, World Series, I'm all in. Couple commercials, I go to the Celtics, okay. Okay. But, for the most part, Game 7 of the World Series is what I watched. I did not watch much of the Celtics game. People calling it, you know, so far, um, 
It's the it's the sign that the Celtics are going to be a completely different team from last year's team. That last year's team would have never won this game. You know, last year the last year's Celtics though they did have moments with Kyrie Irving. The Celtics had moments last year. It was just tough to root for because it was tough to root for Kyrie Irving. And by the way, you following that story? I wasn't even going to get to this, but man, according to reports. Kyrie is just, he's a tough guy to deal with. We didn't just find that out here in Boston. They're finding it out in Brooklyn. He has mood swings. They're concerned about it. I was listening to the Brooklyn Nets coach try to explain it. Yeah. Uh, I feel bad for him. I feel like he's already stuttering, doesn't know what to say, doesn't know how to handle it, doesn't want to say the wrong thing, get Kyrie to, to get pissed off at him. They're already walking on eggshells in Brooklyn over Kyrie Irving and what he thinks about whether or not the earth is flat. What else does Kyrie Irving have thoughts on? It amazes me that he doesn't have his own podcast. Doesn't it? Where he just goes off on some wacky tangent on some crazy shit in the world that has nothing to do with basketball. Probably that has nothing to do with China either, but, you know, that's for another time. But everything else is on the table. (laughs) Anything else that won't lose the money is on the table. Aliens, UFOs. Um, I'm sure he'll have no problem talking about politics outside of China, of course, like I said, but man, Kyrie, that looks like it could be a disaster in Brooklyn. Let's wait and see. Let's wait and see. Um, but that's the NBA for you. That's what happened this week. Hey, you know, I just had to get that off my chest at the beginning of the show and, um, I was wrong and I, I feel like. You know, I I feel like I am someone that's done it the right way for a long time. And I'm not even saying what I did on this show was the wrong way. I was wronged, not anybody else. And people are lying to me about it. And they're not taking my career serious. But when you mess with my career and you don't take it serious and you think we're not going to get called out for it, well, you're the one that is clueless. And you're the one that's not doing your job. I will continue to do mine. Every Monday and Thursday on the show, smash that subscribe button. Give me a review. Follow me on Twitter. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Danny Picard. And uh, I do have a live stream every Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. on YouTube, in which I do have a phone line. You can call in if you want. I have a call screener. Intern Lucas from Area 51 is screening your phone calls every Tuesday morning. I didn't do it this week because shit was just a little too real for me. And <laughs> um, I needed to sit back, take a couple deep breaths, process everything. And I wanted to hear from Woody Page first and to wait to respond. And we did. And so I'll let you decide who's telling the truth on that. But um, I'll be back on Monday to react to NFL Week 9 and then the live stream next Tuesday. And also make sure you check out my website, dannypicard.com. I have designed it, a new design, brand new design from scratch. All my podcasts, videos, columns, blogs, you name it. uh, That is right there for you. Thanks for joining me today. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. I'm out. Talk to you on Monday.